0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. This is our panel part of the program, and today joining us on the line, not in studio, David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile. That's a leading Toronto public relations agency. How's Mr. Wills doing?
1: He is socially isolated.
0: So. <laughs> well, uh, usually, but now you mean it strictly. I got it. Uh, this is of your doing. Uh, Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councilor Ward 2 at Tobacco Center. Good afternoon, Stephen.
2: Good afternoon, uh, John. Good afternoon to uh, to David. i glad to chat with you.
0: Well, listen, I'm going to start with you because uh, we had a report that a TTC maintenance worker at the Hillcrest Yard at Bathurst and Davenport tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Uh, the first case of the respiratory disease uh, with, I guess, an employee at that particular shop who just returned from abroad. Uh, I'm kind of curious now, how do we deal with transit? Because, I mean... You know, he guy works, you know, in a maintenance yard, but still around the equipment. And I mean, the transit workers, it's like, uh, you know, anybody who's dealing with masses of humanity. uh, That's precarious work in a sense. And it also does leave the public vulnerable. Uh, Stephen Holliday, have you guys addressed this at city council? If you're still meeting, uh, what do you make of this?
2: Well, you know, it's 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 bound to happen with the numbers that we have out there where people that are working with the public or close to the public are, are somehow going to be peripherally exposed. Uh, if you had to go into a grocery store recently, you know that people still need to carry on life. They still need to live. Um, some people are still using the TTC to move around because that's the only choice that they have. In this case, uh, it, you know, it happened to be a maintenance worker at the garage, uh, so they weren't necessarily in direct contact with the public. Um, but, yeah, we know that, uh, that a lot of cleaning is going on and that the vehicles are continuously cleaned. And, uh, you know, we hope uh, there, there's been no spread and that person is at home uh, recovering.
0: All right. Well, you know, you see this, though, with the essential services, even the police. I guess they've shut down uh, at all police headquarters, uh, nobody at the front desk. And they've taken other extreme measures. David wills, I mean, uh, is that the best that we can hope for, given that these are, after all, essential services?
1: Well, I think we're you know we're all going to have to get used to a new way of doing things. You know the example you just gave of nobody at the front desk at the police uh, is a is a perfect example because we need the police doing their jobs. Uh, we need them out protecting people. We need them out uh, you know helping keep order. But maybe we don't need somebody at the front desk uh, addressing a complaint or coming in looking for a form for a background check and things like that that can wait. Uh, I think with the TTC employee, we're, you know, this is the first, but we're going to see more. And I think we just need to to be ready for that. And we need to be prepared that um, that there are going to be these things that are going to make us think, gee, did I ride on a streetcar that he worked on and that kind of thing? We're going to have a lot of those thoughts in the next coming weeks.
2: Well, I think people should still understand, too, though, that the police are still working. Just because the front door of the station is closed and you can't walk into it doesn't mean the business is stopped. And you raised a good example, David, that, uh, you know, background checks are still required and and they still have a process in place to deal with urgent background checks. And that's what they talked about on today's uh, city uh, news briefing, is that although these services are being modified, You know, the workers are still there. They just can't do it face-to-face with people and that you need to do it online now.
0: Kind of curious, they say fingerprinting only on an urgent basis. Uh, The bad guys, I mean, what are they doing coming in and fingerprinting themselves? I don't know what that means.
2: (laughs) Well, I I know that uh, fingerprints are sometimes used when you have a very common name. And, uh, you know, if if your name's uh, John Smith and there's a few of them in the system, one of them might have a particular uh, record and you wouldn't want to be confused with the one with the record. So they'll distinguish you with the fingerprints and sometimes that's just required. You know, I think, you know, looking forward, volunteers are going to be needed uh, to help out with various things out in the community, uh, especially if we go through a rough period. And and sometimes uh, there's going to have to be checks made to make sure that uh, the volunteers are are okay. In the city
0: update earlier today, and we run that as a rule at about uh, 10 before 4 o'clock on the Oakley Show, uh, they mentioned that the water's safe, uh, garbage continues, yard waste, no, uh, leave that aside. But the shelters are still open. I just wonder about the vulnerability of people in the shelters David Wills is there a better system or may, are we going to gain roll the dice here
1: Well you know I think we're we're left with the dice that we have in our hand right the uh, you know I think the shelter system that's in place is the one that's there I think one of the things that we're going to have to we're going to be forced to deal with is looking as we as we deal with what's in front of us right now And, you know, I think the city uh, did a very good job in getting contracts with QP416 and QP79 because all of those services you just described are done by those unionized workers. And we're really seeing the value uh, of those services. And I think specifically with shelters, it's going to show that we need to stop, uh, you know, you know, basically we're housing people who are homeless and we have to move to a transitional housing and supportive housing regime so that we don't have people who are stuck in those places. Because like prisons and other places where we're forcing people into tight quarters, that's where these diseases are going to spread very, very quickly.
0: I see where Iran has released 10,000 prisoners because it's so dire, you know, the spread there in that country, uh, Iran, Italy. Italy's now surpassed China in terms of the number of deaths, it's like uh, 3,400. There were uh, 427 overnight alone in Italy in the last 24 hours. Uh, So this is what may await us. They say, you know, there's a lag time here. Uh, Mm. You know, the spike would happen because uh, it's it's kind of inevitable. That's the trajectory. We're trying to flatten the curve. We know all of the drill now. I just heard though, before you gentlemen joined us from a doctor who's on the front lines and uh, has put together a petition that has 22,000 signatures in a matter of one day alone saying that they don't have enough resources or uh, materiel, let's say, gowns, uh, masks, that kind of stuff and uh, she's maintaining we ought to assume a warlike approach to securing all the critical resources that we need in health care. Uh, Stephen Holliday, would you agree with that assessment? Uh, do you think that we know we, it's gotta be everybody mobilizing now in a sense we are fighting a war and the enemies a virus.
2: Yeah, fully agreed. I, I listened to the premier speak uh, uh, much earlier today around the noon hour, and that's exactly what he was talking about, about being in touch with industry to see if people can retool. He was talking about Magna, the, the car, car parts manufacturer, and whether or not they could make ventilators. He was talking about Canada Goose. And they were looking at ways to see if they could start sewing gowns in their factories right now um, that will support all these efforts. And I think everything is on the table. And, uh, you know, we need creative ideas. And uh, Canadians are a resilient people. Uh, we have a good spirit in this. And, uh, you know, I, I think we can do, do our best. And uh, people just have to be ready to step up to it. So far what I'm seeing out there is everyone's, you know, trying their best to, to make it through this situation.
0: All right, you know, when you mentioned Magna, biggest uh, one of the biggest auto parts manufacturers in the world, it's actually the big three uh, in the States, Ford, GM, and uh, Fiat Chrysler, that are, again, uh, retooling their production line really nimbly, too, to uh, start making ventilators. And uh, even the nurse was saying, uh, or the frontline healthcare worker prior to you guys joining us, saying, yeah, that's, that's kind of what we need, too, by way of resources. You wouldn't allow a firefighter to go into a burning building without adequate equipment, and they feel particularly vulnerable. On that matter and otherwise, how do you assess what the government's response has been to this point, either provincially or federally, David?
1: You know, I'm going to give full marks to, to, you know, all three levels of government. Um, You know, I think that we can can quibble all we want uh, ideologically and politically of whether things moved far enough or fast enough. But I think all three levels of government have their eye on the ball and that their hearts are in the right place. Um, You know, I I was especially, uh, and I'm going to give some extra praise to Premier Ford today. Um, I think that one of the things that we have seen from him since this started uh, is that he has been very supportive of all the federal action. Instead of trying to do political, like, you know, he and Trudeau have always been each other's foil, they've set that aside and they are pulling. uh, in the same direction together. And then today we saw, you know, Andrew Horvath and the legislators say, you know, we don't think what the Ontario government is doing is going far enough, but we're gonna support everything that they're gonna do and not hold it up at all because we gotta get moving. And I think this is the way politics is supposed to work and it's how it should work. And I think that the, you know, we're we're seeing less of that political noise. And I think the governments are taking responsibility and doing what they can. And most of all, all of them are leaving doors open that things may have to change yet again. So, you know, I'm going to give the governments all full marks.
2: You know, I just want to say, too, that, um, you know, uh, partisan politics has been put aside because fundamentally we have capable people in government and whether or not I agree with their partisan politics is, is aside, they are there, they know the work and they're all going towards uh, the same goal, and I, I just think that's really important and, and refreshing. And I, I can't criticize any of the other levels as well. And I would just say to, to all levels of government, you know, be courageous, do the moves that need to be done, because I think there's license with the public, there's trust by the public at this stage in government that they're going to be doing the right thing, and they should just step forward and do it. And I'll
1: just jump on what Stephen said. I, I, you know, I think that one of the things that uh, that all of the experts are saying is the need to act quickly is more important than thinking through and gathering all the evidence and taking your time. I think the longer we wait, the bigger the problem. So, you know, I think that any level of government that acts quickly even if it turns out after the fact that they didn't need to do that, will not be punished and will not be, uh, you know, criticized for that. They will be looked at as as courageous and they should be.
0: I want to dovetail into that because when it comes to the package announced by Bill Morneau yesterday, uh, you know, you piqued my curiosity, too, where Andrea Horvath suggested maybe the provincial government could be doing more. I have to believe it has to do on the economic front when it comes to precarious work, but nonetheless, I want to address that, whether or not the responses were uh, adequate yesterday, or should there have been uh, maybe a greater salvo fired, because after all, Murnaud did say we have the physical firepower to respond and we're prepared to do whatever it takes, direct quotes. So let's come back and uh, delve into those aspects of addressing the COVID-19 crisis. David Wills is the Senior VP of media profile. as a leading Toronto public relations agency. Stephen Holliday, the deputy mayor and councillor for Ward 2 at Tobacco Centre. When we come back with more of The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.